0: Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Be sure and call in if you have a Bible question or comment. One of the passages that we quote on this program a lot is John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus is speaking there. Here's, here's how the passage said, reads. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, what that really—that passage is really doing there, I, I don't know if I realized it exactly this way until recently, that there's actually just one condition there and three benefits or results. The condition is, if you continue in my word, the results or the benefits are, then you'll be my disciples indeed. Number two, you shall know the truth. And number three, the truth shall make you free. All of those three benefits are, or results are conditioned or contingent upon the one condition stated in that passage. If you continue in my word. Well, let's talk about that. If you continue in my word, that's the condition. You know, we have to do more than just believe in Jesus to be a true disciple of his. We have to continue in his word. For example. Are churches continuing in Jesus' word. If they allow. Gay marriage. Jesus said in Matthew 19. 4 through 5. And he answered and said unto them. Have you not read that he which made them. At the beginning. Made them male and female. And said. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother. And shall cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. We have a lot of churches and. Bible teachers out there allowing gay marriage. Jesus said at the beginning, referring back to when the first marriage, when God instituted marriage with Adam and Eve, he made them male and female. Homosexual marriage is not allowed by the Bible. It's a sin. A lot of churches allowed. Are they continuing in Jesus' word? No, they're not. What about a church that allows women to preach from the pulpit? Nobody's saying that it's wrong for a woman to say, teach a lady's Bible class or teach children. But when the church comes together, to have the woman preach the sermon of the pulpit, I'm told that about 75% of churches across the United States and Canada allow that. But listen to this verse. First Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Churches that allow gay marriage. Churches that allow women to preach from the pulpit. They're violating that passage. It's pretty clear. Let your women keep silence in the churches. It's a shame for women to speak in the church. That's the condition if you continue in my word. And if you continue in Jesus' word, then you are his disciples. Which would imply that you're not his true disciples disciple if you don't continue in his word if you have a bible question or comment you want to get on the air the number to call is 877-655-6755 the number to call if you have a bible question or comment is 877-655-6755 so jesus said if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed There are all kinds of believers out there claiming to be disciples, but are they true disciples? Not if they're continuing in Jesus' teaching. I should say, not if they're not continuing in Jesus' teaching. They're not a true disciple. A true disciple or learner is one that is willing to change when they find out they have been wrong in their religious belief or practice. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. See, that's the condition, continuing Jesus' word. Then you're a disciple indeed or a true disciple if you do that. Let's think of some examples. John twelve forty two and 43 illustrates this point. That passage reads, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here we have some chief rulers, chief religious leaders among the Jews. It says they believed on Christ, but because of the Pharisees, they weren't willing to confess him. They weren't willing to follow through on their belief. You know why? They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God, and they were scared of being put out of the synagogue. You see, they weren't a true disciple because they weren't willing to follow through on their belief. And we have a lot of people like that today. They maybe hear the truth, they might learn the truth, but they're not willing to follow the truth. They don't want to lose, they don't want to leave the church they're in, even though that church is not following the truth. If you continue in my word, that's the condition. The second benefit or result is, then are you my disciples indeed. How about in Acts 19, we have some people who had to make a change because they weren't continuing in Jesus' word. This time... In this case, they were willing. Let me read Acts 19, 1, and then verses 3 through 5. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And he said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that you should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here we have some people that were disciples. They weren't disciples indeed, but then they obeyed the gospel. They had been immersed believers. You know, they had been baptized, but it wasn't a scriptural baptism. They had not been baptized in the name of Christ. So as long as they were not continuing in his word... They were not Jesus' true disciples, but then when they started following and continuing in Jesus' word, then they actually became a true disciple. Maybe you're out there in the audience tonight, and you've been baptized, but you haven't been baptized scripturally. You haven't been baptized for the remission of sins like Acts 2.38 requires. Peter told some believers in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you've got to be baptized. To get the remission of sins. You've got to be baptized for the remission of sins. These people in Acts 19 had been baptized, but not scripturally. So they weren't true disciples. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755. Again, the condition is, if you continue in my word, what's the second condition? result or benefit the first one is you're my disciples indeed a true disciple the second one is if you continue in my word you shall know the truth that's actually a benefit or result according to the passage of continuing in his word if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth so you have to continue in jesus's word to know the truth Knowing truth, then, God's truth, is also contingent on continuing in the the word. A lot of people sometimes look at all the different teachings out there, and they just throw up their hands, and they give up. Well, if you will continue in his word, God guarantees that you'll know the truth. Let's look at some passages that say basically the same thing as that. How about Matthew 7, verse 7? Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Not, and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus didn't say, if you seek, you might find. He says, if you seek, you will find. So if you seek the Lord, you'll find the Lord. You'll find the truth. So don't give up your hands and just throw your hands up out of frustration. Seek the Lord with all of your heart. You'll find the Lord. You'll find the truth. Matthew 5, verse 6 in the Beatitudes puts it this way. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Again, God doesn't say you might be filled. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. So the way to find out the truth, the way to know the truth is to seek the truth. You want to have the truth as bad as somebody who's hungry and thirsting. He he not eaten for a long time. He's hungry. He's got to have food. You want the truth that much. If you want the truth you got to continue in his word according to John 8, 31 and 32. Scott from Florida, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, I just left
1: a, a church service a little while ago. I was visiting and there was a woman speaker. She really didn't claim to be the pastor. She said the pastor wasn't there
0: and she was preaching the sermon. Uh, is there somewhere in the Bible where it says if, a man in the church will not step
1: up or in the congregation will not step up uh that a woman is allowed
0: to or is that just something that i heard somewhere i'm not yeah that's not in the that's that's not in the bible anywhere scott you you just i guess you just heard that somewhere let me read you two pertinent passages and let me and then you tell me what you think first i'll read you the one you may have just heard that i read a while ago okay the one in 1 okay. Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And let me read you another passage, let me, let me see what you think. Scott, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So these are instructions from God, Scott. They're commands. Uh, if we violate those commands, remember, sin is the transgression of the law, God's law, First John 3, 4. So nobody has the right to give a woman to speak or to preach in the church because nobody has the right to allow a woman to do what God told her not to do. You follow what I'm saying, Scott? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now, as as far as even, what about teaching the children? Is a woman allowed to teach the children? Yes, as long as it's not in the church. It says she's not to speak in the church. Like most churches, let's say on Sunday morning, Scott, they normally start with what we call Sunday school, right? Right, right. Different Bible classes, we'll say that starts at 9.30, so they're all they're, they're in different Bible studies, different classes, usually based upon age or something like that. It's fine for right. a woman there to teach the children in that situation or another lady's Bible class. But then, say at ten thirty, the Bible classes are over and they everybody comes together in the church service, the worship service. Then the whole church at ten thirty all comes together into one place. That's when right. First Corinthians right. fourteen thirty four and thirty five is saying she's not to speak. So we call that preaching the sermon or preaching from the pulpit in the church service. It's not okay, the same makes... as, a, as one of the Sunday school classes or the Bible classes. It's when the church right. is in session. It says, let the women keep silence in the churches. It's not a shame. It is a shame for women to speak in the church. Okay, Scott, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't cut me off. I was just in agreement. That's that, that makes sense, I was saying. Yeah. You think about it, Scott. Does it even make sense to say that if God says don't do something, then that a that a man could have the right to tell a person they have the right to do something god told them not to do that
1: doesn't even make any sense does
0: it let, let me not give you all. some extremes let me give you an extreme illustration uh so it's against the god's law for my wife to commit adultery against me right 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 so could the preacher or the pastor of the church then give my wife permission to commit adultery against me absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> so that's the extreme but we see the point don't we we never have the right to give somebody else permission to do something contrary to God's word God's word says it's wrong for a woman to commit adultery or a man to commit adultery God's word says that it's wrong for a woman to speak in the church she's not to teach nor usurp authority no, over I'll the man First Timothy 2 and 11 so, so nobody has the right to give a woman permission to do what God told her not to do make sense Scott I think maybe Scott said he, he lost us there. But if you have a Bible question or comment on that topic or any other Bible topic, just give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number to call if you want to get on the air and ask a Bible question or make a Bible comment is 877-655-6755. When we took that call, we were talking about how John 8, 31 and 32 If you continue in my word, the second benefit or result is you shall know the truth. How about John 7 verse 17, which says about the same thing. I'm going to read this from the New International Version. It says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. So if you want to know the truth, then you must make a decision to do the will of God. You must choose to do the will of God. You must want to do the will of God. And God is guaranteeing here that if you'll want to do the word of God, if you make up your mind that you're going to do the will of God, then you'll know the truth. If you haven't really committed to wanting to know the will of God, then of course everything's going to sound confusing to you. You won't know the truth because you haven't really committed to following the truth, whatever it says. Once you commit, I'm going to follow the truth, whatever the Bible says, then God's going to help you find the truth. Again, John 8, 31 and 32, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. You'll know the truth if you continue in his word, and the truth will make you free. So if we continue in Jesus' word, the truth will make us free. That says that false religious teaching will not set us free from sin. Ryan from Florida, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Hi there. Uh, yeah, my question is, I know Jesus said a house divided against itself will not stand. So my question is, why do we have denominations? Like, should we all be as one? Because I know denominations can be divided. And so, if our you know our teacher tells us a house divided against itself shall not stand, I guess my question is, why do we have denominations?
0: How about this? Denominations exist contrary to the Word of God. Let me read you a verse and see what you think. Ryan in First Corinthians one verse two. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. You probably need to turn your radio down because you're going to get feedback. You follow what I'm saying? Okay.
1: Yeah. First Corinthians.
0: First 1 Corinthians one verse ten says, "Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment." So Paul is saying there, actually, God is saying it through Paul. He doesn't want us to to be there any divisions among us. He wants us to speak the same thing and be of the same mind and the same judgment. It doesn't sound like God approves of all these different denominations teaching different things, does it? No, no, not at all. Now, why do we have these different denominations? Because people have different teachings. I'm going to just put it in a simple way. Why is there a Baptist church and a Methodist church? Why are they separate? Well, they disagree about baptism. The Baptists insist that you have to immerse for baptism. The Methodists say that sprinkling will suffice for baptism. And see, they disagree on that. So disagreements like that cause there to be two different churches, and they stand for two different things. Now, let me ask you, Ryan. So we have all these different teachings out there and different things, and God doesn't want there to be different teachings. He doesn't like these. He says, let there be no divisions among you. He wants us all to speak the same thing. How can we solve this problem, Ryan? How should we solve this problem?
1: Um, I think we should just look at the base teachings of Christ and follow what his word says and not add, like, you know, A lot of different things people just add In different traditions and stuff And I feel like we should just be focused on the word And the word alone
0: Okay Okay. Ryan I agree with you at 100% And it may be easier said than done But really the only way to solve the problem Is everybody go back To teaching what the bible actually says Right In other words don't worry about what the creed book says Like the methodist creed book says That salvation by, I mean, justification by faith only is the most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort, okay? So this Methodist creed book teaches justification by faith only. But then James 2.24 says, you see then how that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So if we'll go back to the Bible and throw out all the creed books and just believe what the Bible actually says on everything, wouldn't that get us a good start on getting... Unified and not having all these different divisions among the believers of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we were talking about the Baptists and the Methodists, how they're divided on baptism. Well, this is pretty simplistic. We could do a whole study on baptism, but let's just look at one verse as as an example, Ryan. I'm going to go to Romans 6, verse 4. Can you still hear me okay? Yes, I can. Listen to this verse in Romans 6, verse 4, Ryan. It says... Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So that the first part of that verse says we're buried with him, with Christ, by baptism. Now, Ryan, when somebody dies and we take them out to the graveyard and bury them, does that mean we just sprinkle a little dirt on their head, or does that mean we put them all the way up under the ground? Well, under the ground, right? So so we know what the word buried means, don't we? That's what the That's word buried right. means, right? So if we're going to yeah. bury somebody in baptism, would that mean we sprinkle a little water on their head, or that, would that mean we put them all the way up under the water?
1: Yeah, I can see sprinkling, but I, I definitely can see what you're saying by how you know people can take different – or how they interpretate the verse, you know, and how it can change things.
0: Yeah. So, well – can you answer my question? I don't mean to press you, but would burial for baptism mean you sprinkle a little water on their head or put them all the way up under the water?
1: Um, I mean, I, I honestly don't know, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know, know. Lutherans I think, just sprinkle, but I, I, I
0: honestly don't know. Well, but what does buried mean? If it says we're buried with him by baptism, would that, what would that mean? Well, I would think it would mean,
1: you know— I think you could take it buried with him as in dying within ourselves, so like metaphorically, but um, buried in the ground, just completely buried. Or buried in the
0: water. So, what if the Lutheran church that practices sprinkling, the Episcopal and the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church, all these churches that practice sprinkling, what if they were just to say, we're going to follow what the Bible says on baptism, so we're only going to bury believers? Immersed believers instead of sprinkling babies for baptism. You see, that would be one less thing we'd be divided on if people would just go back to what the Bible says. What about all those churches? I said a while while ago, I think 75% of the churches across the United States and Canada allow women to speak from the pulpit. What if all the churches were to say, look, the Bible says it's a shame for women to speak in the church, so we're not going to allow that anymore. That would be just yeah. one less thing. We'd be divided on him. Eventually, if we could just eliminate all of those things that run contrary to what God says in his word, the Bible, and follow the Bible, God's word, instead of man, I think right. we could get rid of all these divisions. You follow yeah, me, Ryan?
1: I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, I appreciate I your call.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Keep listening to the program every week. Okay, Ryan? I w- will do. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. So we only have a couple minutes left. We were talking about John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. So the only way the truth is going to make us free is if we know the truth, if we continue in his word. Second John 9 says, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. Well, you can't be saved without God. The only way we can be saved is through the grace and mercy of God. You have to abide in the doctrine of Christ to have God. So to be saved, we're going to have to abide in the teaching of Christ to have God to be saved. You've got to continue in Jesus' word so that the, or the truth won't be able to make you free from sin because you won't be following the truth. How about Matthew 15 verse 9? Jesus said, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Well, people shouldn't be teaching the commandments of men. They should be teaching the commandments of God. But if they teach the commandments of men, this says their worship is in vain, useless or worthless. You can't go to heaven that way. So if you continue in Jesus's word, the truth will make you free from sin. We see that from these passages. And that's what John 8, 31 and 32 is all about, basically. There's one condition, three results or benefits. The condition is if you continue in my word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, three things. Then are you my disciples indeed, a true disciple. Number two, you shall know the truth. And number three, the truth shall make you free. But none of those things are going to occur unless we continue in Jesus' word. We need to ask ourselves the question, are we continuing in Jesus' word? Instead of trying to teach, believe, and practice what we like or what we think is best, or what's the most politically correct? Or what will bring in the most people? The way to avoid all these denominations and divisions and try to obey that command in First Corinthians 1 verse 10 that we talked about earlier, let there be no divisions among you, but let us speak the same thing, is by going back to the Bible and continuing in Jesus' word, just teach what the Bible says and don't add things to it or don't change it. In order to try to bring in more people, or be more politically correct, just follow what God's Word says plainly and simply. Look, perhaps you'd like to have a Bible study where we could talk about some of these things in more detail. What I'd like you to do, if you'd like to do a free one-hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience, anytime it's convenient with you, one hour on the phone, so it won't matter where you live, I want you to call or text me at 256-682-9753. If you'd like a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, sometime at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753. Thank you for listening this week. Be sure to listen next week at this same time.